0: As an NLS student, I know like a shortcut, anytime they ask for anything ethics, rule 14, 15, 16, they almost always have a way to slide in, so you talk about dedication and devotion to the cause of your client, you talk about competence.
1: Hello, you're welcome to the Fit and Proper Podcast. I am your host, K.U.K.E. Uvi, it has not changed. I remain your host and you love me. And with me today is Adebimo, Ade We will be talking about corporate governance, which is a topic in the Nigerian Law School's corporate law practice. But specifically today, we will dwell on membership meetings and resolutions. Hi, Adebimo, you're welcome. How are you doing?
0: Thank you very much, Kemi. I'm doing fine doing great it's a pleasure to be here
1: all right so because you are a new co-host yes introduce yourself briefly to our audience let them get to know you
0: okay uh ah this is putting me on my toes okay my name is Adidro Adishokwa I'm a candidate of Nigerian Bar at the Abuja campus I recently graduated from the University of Ibadan and I I am enthusiastic about life and learning Okay,
1: all right. So we're just going to dive right into our um topic or our discussion for today. Can I give you give a brief overview of what membership meetings, um, and resolutions entails as it pertains to corporate governance?
0: Okay, I'll do just that. Thank you. So yeah, the general vibe of corporate governance is how companies are run, so to speak, how they are governed. So this particular aspect of corporate governance deals with membership meetings and resolutions so what we'll be talking about is how can you become a member of a company if it's a political party they'll say can't carry a card-carrying member how can you become a, re- a recognized member of a company then the old gist about meetings and resolutions we need meetings are necessary for, to take certain decisions aka resolutions so we'll be looking at how that works in a corporate setting I think that's that's a broad overview.
1: Okay, all right. So, how does one then become a member of
0: a company? All right. So, essentially, there are four ways of becoming a member of a company, at least according to the Nigerian law school. So that's uh, subscription, allotment, transfer, and transmission. Subscription, allotment, transfer, and transmission. Subscription essentially is when you subscribe to the memorandum of association of a company upon inception. So a company is being formed and they're part of the first subscribers to the memorandum of the company. So at that stage, you are automatically a member. And I think it's a very handy fact for NLS students to know that according to the recent company's regulations, a first subscriber does not can accredit, a first subscriber can incorporate a company without accreditation by the CSC. I think that's a that's a tr- question that can always put someone off so first subscribers and first directors don't need accreditation to incorporate a company for a company the second one talks about allotment so allotment is you applying basically to become a member of a company you are applying to become a member of a company and if the company deems it fit they will approve your application and you become a member and i think it's easier now, way way easier with the set um, with apps like Bamboo and what have you. I think from your phone you can yeah. get shares and become a member of a company that in a country that you don't even know, you know that you've never been to. Well, mm-hmm. I think the NLS syllabus has the, likely the traditional way of getting these shares. So you'll be seeing if you're looking at the steps, you'll be seeing stuff like writing of letters waiting for the board to approve your application and they'll write back to you but over, generally what should be known about allotment is that there is application and there is a reply approver. a response yes approval from the company then the next one is transfer transfer is share our property I think in law, they'll say it shows this in action. They're intangible property. You can't see it, but you can trade with it. And you can transfer. You can sell your shares. You can use them as collateral to get loans and what have you. And there's there's this popular picture that was trending at some point about a particular person that had shares in, was it Apple or Amazon? And then sold it. But now those shares are worth billions of dollars. I don't know if you've seen it.
1: Yeah, I think at I some you. point,
0: yeah, the billionaire that never was, yeah, as in as hot tears yeah, as in hot shares, because at that then the shares were so um so small, the value was very low. But well, now, so that's how transfer works. There's, there, there are some nitty gritty processes, but it's just you selling your shares. You can sell part, you can sell all of it. Then transmission. uh I don't say as the name sounds, but transmission is. When it happens when the shareholder dies and the personal representatives, so to speak, have a right, they, get, they gain ownership of those shares. The shares are transmitted to them upon the death of the owner. So I'm trying to resist the urge to, shall I too much? Because that urge is corporate, but that's, that's essentially the four ways of becoming a member of a company. Okay,
1: all right. What are the types of meetings and, um, agenda of a meeting?
0: All right. Um, essentially, there are three types of meetings as far as NLS is concerned. I think I need to keep restating that. And that's the statutory meeting, the annual general meeting, and the extraordinary general meeting. The statutory meeting is, I think that you'll see that in section 211 of Kama. 2004, 2004, 2004. 2004. That, the statutory meeting is basically for public companies. It's mandatory for them to have a statutory meeting at, at most six months after incorporation. And the main business of that meeting, as the name goes, is to examine what is known as a statutory report. So examine what is known as a statutory report. And there, they they are, they are basically like in this meeting, you can just imagine Tangletree PLC that has just been incorporated and they are meeting within six months post incorporation, and they are talking about okay, how are we? What's our mode of commencement of business? How how are we going to launch into the cement market and what have you? So it's and if you if you bear in mind that public companies are more regulated because of the fact that public the public is exposed to public companies as it were. That's why they are mandated to have such statutory meeting. Annual general meeting is the general one for both public and private companies. And as the name goes, it should hold annually or max 15 months interval. That's the max interval between one annual general meeting and another. And the law also provides that the max that the first annual general meeting can be held is 18 months after incorporation. 18 months okay. after incorporation. And essentially, there are two types of business or agenda that you consider in an annual general meeting, an AGM for ease of speech. Talk about the ordinary business and special business. I think the best way to rationalize ordinary business is that these are things that usually come up. So the law even says, when it's ordinary business, you don't need to go into the specific, just put it there. An example of that will be presentation, um, declaration of dividend, Presentation of directors' reports and financial statements, election of directors in place of those retiring, um, appointment of members of the audit committee, and what have you. These are ordinary business. Every other thing is a special business. Then Extraordinary General Meeting. This is, like the name goes, this is any other meeting aside those two that we mentioned. And unlike the first two, that statutory and EGM, it doesn't have to hold in Nigeria. It can hold anywhere, it can hold outside the country. And but the only thing that can be considered in an EGM is special business. So those things I was trying to list before as ordinary business, they can only be considered in an EGM. You can't you can't call for an EGM and consider those. Yeah, that's that's basically okay.
1: So, there is a term that people usually use when it comes to membership, cessation. What is
0: cessation of membership? When the membership, cessation of membership is when the membership comes to an end. When the membership, when all I put it, it says it is over, it is finished for the membership and you lose your membership. So, the way a student can be expelled from a school and the membership is terminated, that's the way the membership of a company can happen. And it can be by for feature, it can be by sale, or the company could acquire a lien over your shares. So a, a workable example is you acquire shares, but you don't fully pay up. There's provision for you to acquire shares and not fully pay up, but they will still have a lot of shares for you. So maybe you paid part. And now the company makes what is called a call on shares. And they put a fixed time that maybe they put an, a notice like, okay, all our members should, who have unpaid shares, should Pay up. And if that notice is given and there's a time frame and you fail to pay to meet up, then you've forfeited your shares and the company gains membership. The company gains those shares and you lose your membership, so to speak. Okay.
1: All right. All right. So, Aditya, how does one prepare for a meeting? So, you're a lawyer. How do you prepare for the meeting? What are the valid documents? All
0: right. Thank you. to prepare for a meeting depends on your role in the meeting. Okay. Like um, it is. it goes without saying that different people play different roles. So you have the director, you have the secretary, you have the floor member. And you know, members are different from members. Um, yeah. There are substantial members who would, um, it, there's something called a register of substantial shareholding. I'm sure that must have been done in previous topics. People that have about 10% of the nominal shares. So those ones are different from the person that has maybe 0.2% and all that. Depends on your role. The company secretary obviously has more work to do as some of the documents you would have to bring will be proposed resolutions, minutes of the last meeting, any notice that should be brought to the member's knowledge and so on and so forth. So just like in typical meetings, even meetings between students or associations, We will have Mm -hmm. to read the minutes of the last meeting and somebody will adopt. Those things will be brought. A director may have to bring his director's report. We already saw that part of the ordinary business was presentation of director's report. That kind of thing can be brought. An auditor may have to bring his report and all that. A member can bring the notice of meeting because typically the notice of meeting has the agenda. So if you want to follow through the meeting so that you don't end up pressing your phone or getting bored, you can come with notice of meeting or a nose pad to jot things down whatever comes handy for you
1: okay all right um so let's talk about the different types of company resolutions here what, what are different types of company resolutions
0: the uh, different types of there have three types of company resolutions you have the ordinary you have the special and you have the written resolutions ordinary resolutions section 233 of Camera would provide for that. Ordinary resolution that the name um, implies is a situation where majority carries the vote. So all you need to pass an ordinary resolution is for ma- for majority of people voting to vote for it. It's just like our system of democracy. Even if it's 51% that Buhari had over whoever contested, it, he has won. So that's an ordinary resolution, and it's, most matters are. I think as a general tip for NLS students, 90% of the appointments, appointment of director, appointment of secretary, appointment of auditor, is by ordinary resolution. But special resolution also, as the name provides, you see that in section 233 sub 2, is where you need three-fourths. That's 75% of people voting. So because of the, like I call it special nature, yeah, because of the special nature of, what is being done then you need more than half you need 75 percent for instance an example of a motion that needs special resolution is change of name section 32 of Kama. you know it's an it, the a company's name is like their trademark and yeah. you can't just yeah. change it at, anyhow so in a situation where you want to change the company's name 75 percent of the p- members around in that meeting voting must su- support that change of name. And that is, but for written resolution, written resolution is mainly applied by private companies. Like, I already said earlier that private companies are giving some laxity in companies or generally because, I mean, it's a private company by section 22, The public is not generally allowed to buy shares. So they are collapsed. Their collapse is important, but the gov- the, the regulation over them is lack. So they can pass written resolutions, which is when the members may never even have to meet physically. Something may be happening, and all they have to do is all assent in writing. And I think that's even easier in these days of um, petition. It's, it's much easier now. You can just create something and pass it online and make people f- click by clicking their showing assent. So if they can get the required number, then that resolution is passed mm. without meeting physically. It's, it's just, it's reminiscent of what, how, I don't know if you can relate when, if they move, there is a protest or something, or they want to do something, and they'll start passing these papers around because they're looking for a specified number of signatures.
1: Yeah.
0: Does that ring a bell? I, I know they <laughs> used to do it in UI. <laughs> <laughs> they used to do when it in UI. In
1: schools, they do it. In high school, they just start and start. Your start.
0: <laughs> they don't need any number of signatures. Just
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. start. No real
0: resolution. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I know for for you, I did do something like that. So that's a nice imagery for it. So those are those are the resolutions you have for a company.
1: Yeah. All right. So I, I think private companies are like that mainly because they don't people's interests are not like the public
0: interest and in doesn't really need to be protected. You exactly. just plan like your your business whatever happens to you, it's your exactly. business if you like though okay. it's still i should add that it's still important because if companies are failing it will reflect in the general overview of the economy but the reason yeah, why true. they are more yeah they are more picky about public companies because they're usually quite large and the public is involved essentially
1: okay so as we come to the end of this um, topic here what are the ethical issues that arise from companies membership
0: Okay. Oh, well, Um. anytime the issue of ethics is raised, it's more or less common sense, good conscience. So common sense dictates the general duty of diligence, dedication, competence. You know, for me, as an analyst, I know like a shortcut. Anytime they ask for anything ethics, rule 14, 15, 16, they almost always have a way to slide in. So you talk about dedication and devotion to the cause of your client. You talk about competence. Then say a lawyer is a company secretary. It is very important that he is meticulous about the drafts because so that the errors will not be far. Um, for instance, a, a typical example is the company secretary is meant to be send out. is meant to send out a notice of meeting to certain people, and failure to do that can invalidate the holding of a meeting. So, if out of negligence, let me say professional negligence or secretarial negligence if a person that is meant to get notice of meeting it doesn't get it to slow down the resolutions and all that. Then as a member, which can be a lawyer or anyone, don't deceive people so to speak. So if you have don't forge the share certificate or don't use a shared certificate that you've not fully paid up for as security for loan. These are these are issues of obtaining by false pretense and what have you, it's kind. God is watching all of us. It's very important we are we are general rule one rule one the duty to be consensuous as people
1: okay all right so um before we go i know i've said before we go before god is there any other thing we should take note of especially for people preparing for buy exams they should take note of in preparation for buy exams as regards this topic
0: today okay um for buy exams membership the types of membership should it's something that is brain friendly so the types should be noted and the key sections that apply. They should be noted. Then we talked about allotments. I think a costly look at past questions will show that they like asking for the steps of allotment. And it's different mm. for private companies and public companies. So, And I think they like it in sequence. So just look at it as a procedural story. So for instance, for private companies, uh, you write a letter. There's no prospectus involved. So you write... A letter to the company. The board sits as to whether or not they want to approve. When they determine to approve it, and all that, they, and it ends with them sending a letter of regret or a letter of allotment to you. But if it's for a public company, they'll have to open a subscription list. So just try to go with the flow. I know it can be quite tedious, but those steps matter. Half, half mark can, can spell the difference. If, if you really know what you want, then I think for meetings, just notice different types of meetings. There are some finicky details, like ordinary business, special business. They like asking that question, like list the ordinary business. And I know we played around with those when we started, um, anyhow, you want to learn the declaration of dividend, just see them as things that are commonplace. They are ordinary. So a company should see it. Then I think I noticed something when when they say ordinary business, Don't mention one of the ordinary businesses' appointment of audit committee. But that only applies to a public company. Okay. So I think that is a tricky point where students can miss out on it. So you may just be listing out section 214 and you put appointment of audit committee, but that wouldn't count if it's a private company that is in this scenario because a private company is not mandated to have an audit committee. So I I know I should as i round off i should admit that yeah it can be quite tedious but just try to make it fun it is already it's already tasking enough so anything you can do to make it fun i think i'm sure that will work
1: yeah all right so i think this has been a very interesting episode i mean i did not i feel like i don't have to read my book again i just have to go
0: (laughs) read (laughs) your (laughs) book can I do hot? <laughs> <tears>? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you. Dero. It's been a pleasure discussing with you
0: today. Thank you very much. I absolutely enjoyed myself too.
1: Okay. So, and to our audience, as always, please fill our feedback forms where so you see them online. Let us know the topics that you find difficult. You can use our social media pages to reach out to, to us. Uh, if you have questions and suggestions on Twitter and Instagram, we are at digital ng you can also subscribe to our podcast on google and apple podcast and give us a good rating on apple podcast if you use anchor to listen, you can um, click the favorite button so you get notified anytime we release a new episode and if you prefer to send your um, questions via audio so that you can it can be full and comprehensive you can record a message on anchor and send to us and we will get back to you we hope you've had a great time today to meet again stay fit and stay
2: proper. Peace stay, out. Stay, stay proper. <laughs> and that's all for today's episode of the Fit and Proper Podcast, a digital production. For more about digital you can check out our website at www.digiLaw.com.ng. Follow us on social media. On LinkedIn, we are at DGL Africa on Twitter and Instagram we are at DigilawNG. NG the, the Fit and Proper Podcast was hosted by KU Kemi Ubi and Adedirun at Koun The scriptwriter is KU Kemi Ubi Production and editing is by Akin ifrain Agumbiade and while the voiceover is by Fashon Adibiyi until we meet again, stay fit and stay proper. Welcome to the Fit and Proper Podcast by DigiLaw. Your host, KU Kemi Ubi and co-host, Ade Dino, Ade Shokon.